0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions. And even though it'll date this show a little bit, even if you hear it on another day, we are the day before Thanksgiving, And we're looking forward to everyone coming out tonight for our banner service. It is not too late to pick up a pre-cut pie or a pie that needs to be cut and cut it and then bring it in with your banner into the sanctuary as we gather together to worship, pray, and kick off our holidays with a night of thanksgiving. It's one of our special family nights uh, and... We are grateful to be used of the Lord in these last days. And one of the things we do, you know, we have Bible study on Wednesday nights, uh, and it's a very similar study as our weekend studies, uh, but uh, a little more flexible, more worship. More we do different things like ministry updates, we pray together. Um, we have guest teachers, and then we do special services like this. So last week we had our water baptism. Uh, I, I don't know how many people were water baptized, but I'm going to guess at least 50, five, zero adults were baptized to end the year. Uh, that is the end of our, uh, our last baptism of the year uh, as a church. So we had that special service, and now tonight we have a special service on tap for us to uh, enjoy a time of thanksgiving. So join us, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, that's how to get on the line here. And then you, of course, tonight, 7 o'clock, come early, we have Rez Coffee, it's our third wave coffee house that we've opened downstairs. We remodeled most of the downstairs, Pastor Michaels is remodeling, um, uh, giving a brand new super hyper creative uh, up upgrade to our children's ministry and and then we have all of the cafe was remodeled we uh, rearranged our um, we rearranged our bookstore changed it um, we went smaller a little bit uh, and um, changed it to where originally it was and then took that whole area of the bookstore and made it a much bigger. We need more space. Uh, And until the Lord opens a door for us to vacate this property, uh, we need to make the best of it. And so if you think of Calvary Church, whether you're listening on Grace FM, Truth FM, Hope FM, you're listening online, you remember us, one of the things we're asking you to do is pray for us. Uh, It looks like we're going to have to buy land and then build again, which is extremely expensive. So we're saving, 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 and Trying to be frugal in all the decisions that we make. Uh, and until then, we're doing what we learned when we met in the school. You know, this church met in, in Columbia Middle School for seven years. And one of the foundational lessons that the Lord gave us as a church plant was to do the best that we could with what we have. And that's what we're doing the best that we can with what we have. So brand new remodel. We got Resurrection Coffee downstairs. Uh, Sonder Coffee is our supplier. Uh, Sonder is a local small batch roaster uh, and just does an amazing job. If you're up in the north end of Aurora, even if you're not, it would be worth the time to drive up to Sonder. You can Google them or um, what's the other one? What's the... What's the food app where you have to Yelp them? You can search them on Yelp or Google Saunders, S-O-N-D-E-R, the good friends of the ministry here, and uh, they supply everything with us. And so our cafe is open before and after services, uh, all our services. So 303-690-3000, there are uh, no lines taken, so everything is open. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, text me. Uh, the text line is wide open. 720 Seven two o three three six zero eight nine seven. Texting is uh, we we take those calls, those texts during the um, during the time of the show where we can um, where we can uh, take your texts and fill them fill fill in the blanks. Uh, of our show. So we'll read your text and I'll answer it on the air. So give me a call. See, the phone lines are starting to ring 303 690 3000. Is your church doing something special for Thanksgiving? Call in and tell us about it. We'd love to provide an opportunity for you to uh, promote what's going on in your church. Uh, so just give me a call. And if your church is doing something special for Thanksgiving, uh, let me know, and we'll get the word out. Uh, and that and that number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. All right, we're going to pick up line one right away. Is Pat calling from Greeley, Colorado. Pat, welcome to the program.
1: How you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Pestead, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what it means, but I just wanted your perspective on it, maybe, because usually uh, you enrich things a little better. Okay. Um, so uh, I was reading James 1, and I'll read it to you. This is in the NIV. Okay. Uh, it's James 3, uh, verse 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Yes. Now, we're not going to be judged in heaven, uh, but what is your take on it? Because I I teach, and this is a sobering uh, verse for me, Uh, so I'd uh, like your input on it.
2: Well, we definitely know Jesus taught us that to whom much is given, much is required. So the, and, to whom much is given, what's required is what we're capable of, right? Faithfulness. Uh, we're to be faithful. That that That's what levels the playing field in terms of our relationship with God, is that uh, some, he gave the illustration that some would uh, bear 30-fold, some would bear 60, some would bear 90 or 100-fold, and the 30-fold person, the person that produces 30, is 100% faithful, even as the person that produces 100. Even though the way we look at it, we say, well, if you produce 100 and I produce 30, somehow you're better than me. And that's not how God sees it. God sees it as the fruit that you produce in your life actually is what is expected from you and that we're to be faithful with that. So we want to be faithful with what we've been given. And Jesus said, it's just for sake of reference, in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, he says, he who did not know, Yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. And that's the principle I think that James is picking up in James chapter 3, where he says the responsibility of a teacher comes with it the requirement of much, that we Are careful with the word, that we uh, teach the word that accurately reflects the character, the nature of God, that we are faithful to the word of God and we don't purposely make it say something that it doesn't say. There's much more required from us. And then when you come to the judgment, remember there are two major judgments spoken of in the scriptures. One is the great white throne judgment, where unbelievers will be judged. And then for you and I, we're going to be judged at something known as the Bema Seat, uh, and that's a judgment of believers. And so the people that, like me and like you, that have taken to obey God in the calling to teach, we're going to face a stricter judgment. Uh, I don't know what that judgment is. I don't know how it's going to be stricter, but I do know in the context of our conversation that the stricter the strictness of the judgment is we will be held accountable in a higher way than other people are because of the responsibility and the role that we've been given in the body.
1: I'll tell you, Beth, that, that, you know, I, it's just so sobering. I mean, you can't, when you're serving God and stuff you gotta you gotta really be careful and, and you got to really watch what you're doing because you're affecting so many things yes and you know what that does for me pastor it it brings more life to my faith in the sense of if, if you're worrying about something like this so much and a verse hits you like that you have a, a real love for God a fear of God as well.
2: I, and I think that we also need to remember that that none of us will teach perfectly. And so the good news is is that God knows our heart. So as we walk in, we don't even know our hearts as much as God knows our hearts, and He's going He, he is going to judge us righteously. You know, even as we hold ourselves to different standards, um, we don't even judge ourselves righteously. Um, we hold ourselves to a, a a perhaps a higher standard than even God does. And I'm grateful for His grace that He is faithful, because it says for the bema seat uh, judgment, where believers will stand before and be judged for what for their works. Like it's not a salvation, it's not a salvation judgment. It's a judgment for what we did in relationship to Jesus. And here's what it says in First Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven: It says, "For no other foundation can anyone lay." Than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he's built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. So as yet through fire. And the good news is, is that by grace, it's all Jesus Christ. It's not our works that save us. And that even if we make mistakes, God is going to allow us into his presence. We may not enjoy the rewards of heaven, what that looks like, as much as others, but God will meet us where we are and graciously uh, love us and care for us in Uh, where we stand in relationship to Him. So uh, to me, I'm pretty encouraged by that.
1: I want to just say one final thing, and then I'll let you go. Okay. Um, So in other words, uh, the way I'm I'm listening, if if we're in front of the beamer seat, and our our good deeds and what we've built on, on the rock of Christ and what to do for Christ, those things are going to be judged a little more intently because as teachers, we know. And and therefore, though the intent of the heart and the intent of the mind when doing those things is is going to be strictly judged. Yes, maybe more so than others.
2: Yeah. For example, I guess a, a good way to look at this is that I have I, I've raised three children, and my kids were at various stages. They're all about five years apart. So I would judge my older son who, let's say he was 15, he would receive a stricter judgment than his five-year-old sister. Now, he didn't always like that, but I expected more from a 15-year-old than I do from a five-year-old. And, and so when we take into, like not everybody, so the whole point, the whole point of James isn't actually the stricter judgment. Do you know the whole point of James is that not many should be teachers, like not many should really take this uh, and to himself uh, to herself. It's not like and, and so he uses to substantiate that because we're going to receive the stricter judgment. But in even in today's church, everyone, uh, many, not everyone. Let me correct that. Many people think the most prestigious place in the in the church is the place of teaching, um, but it's not. The most prestigious place in the church is the place of servanthood, where God has gifted you to serve.
1: Whatever that
2: is, yeah. And and teaching for many it is teaching Sunday school, teaching uh children, uh some pastors and teachers, some teaching classes. We've got people teaching new believers. So there's a different even levels of teaching where I think that the and the amount of people that you teach. So there's different layers of that. But the whole point of the whole point of the the teaching was of James was, hey look, uh not many of you, not many, should become teachers. It's not just something you walk into lightly.
1: Yeah, that's the message I got. And your 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 example of, the, of your children is perfect. Uh, I, I I knew uh, speaking with you, I'd get more clarification. That's a great example that really puts it in perspective for me.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for calling, brother.
1: Uh, thank you, Pastor. Okay. You have a blessed
2: evening. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls and your questions and any text messages. I don't see any text messages come through yet. So if you want, you can text me through. It's 720-336-0897, and we will fill the airwaves with calls, with texts on this day before Thanksgiving if you're listening live, if you're not listening live, then it's a rebroadcast, and we are rebroadcasting what God has in store for us. But today we are on the air live, and uh, what a great time it is! Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Felicia is in Parker, Colorado. Felicia, welcome to the program. Hey, Felicia, are you with us?
1: Hi, I just called. This is William.
2: Hey, William. Welcome to the program.
1: Yeah, so my question, Pastor, is, okay, I had, we had my daughter. She passed away. Um, she has special needs, and she was cremated. Okay. And to have her cremated instead of buried, is, is that, was that wrong to do that?
2: So first of all, let me say I'm very sorry for the loss of your daughter and— um, I wish there was something I could do to minimize the pain that you're feeling. Um, And I just want to acknowledge to you that I know that that's a significant loss, and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And to answer your question, there's nothing biblically wrong or sinful about cremating uh, the remains of a loved one. You didn't do anything wrong.
1: When you you die, I hear that you go to heaven, and people tell me that, that she's, she's sleeping now. That she's not in heaven now.
2: Well, there is a teaching that is sort of popular. It's it hasn't been around. It hasn't been popular for a while. Um, and there, it's a, it's actually a false teaching that would be under the category of soul sleep. And people like the Jehovah Witnesses and Seventh Day Adventists are the two groups that make that most prominent. That they believe after death. That the the person goes to sleep until the final judgment. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible says that once a person dies, they either A, go to be in the presence of the Lord, or they go to hell or Hades awaiting final judgment. And so for a precious young girl, daughter like yours, for her to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Period.
1: Oh, you just took so much weight off of my shoulder. I'm tired of hearing that. Says, Thank you, Pastor. I love your show. I listen to you now every morning at 7.30, and I plan on being in your,
2: going to your church this Sunday. I look Thank forward you, to Pastor. meeting you. Come up and uh, let me give you a hug. Would you? What's your name? William. William, come up and hug me this Sunday. I want to meet you and uh, maybe uh, shed a tear with you. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, God bless brother. You. Bye-bye. And, Father, I just pray for William and those that Around the holidays, I know I don't have a, uh, you know, the sister I'm thinking of in the family uh, that just needs a special touch of your Holy Spirit and encouragement around the holidays. Because whether it's the loss of a mom or a dad, loss of a son or a daughter, a friend, um, a, a key loved one, brother, sister, you name it, the relationship, Lord, uh, we weren't designed for death, and so I just pray for the mourning and the grieving, especially around the holidays. It gets harder and harder. Um, I pray for the pain that comes from separated relationships, uh, men and women being separated from their children, from their grandchildren, uh, being separated from their families, um, and and just having to deal with the drama and difficulty of people that don't want to deal in reality, uh, that don't want to speak the truth and don't want to live in the truth. I pray for those that are um, things that are outside of their control, Lord, that you would bring comfort and encouragement for those that are in the hospital and incarcerated right now, those that are in the long-term care facilities and, and just overwhelmed with the weight of life and the difficulties of life. I pray for your comfort around the holidays. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back, and Felicia is on the line from Parker, Colorado. Felicia, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much. How are you, Pastor Ed? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I've been... Sorry. That's my okay. one year old just woke up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's um, going on?
3: Okay. Um, I have been doing some reading, my husband and I have, okay. as um on ungodly relationships, um, with family members and okay. friends. Yes. Um and basically we're we've been led to this point where we're really craving more of the Lord and less of the world. Okay. And that's been changing the dynamics of our home and what that looks like. Yes. Um, and, it you know, of course, that causes friction among friends and family who may not understand.
2: That's correct. It does. Um,
3: what we're going through. Um, but we're also... We've also been dealing with um, some health issues, um, and it seems... It, from what we're understanding, um, I believe it was in Proverbs. It says a merry soul. Um, oh goodness, I have it written down. Proverbs seventeen twenty-two. Okay. See, I can't remember off the top of my head. But okay, has got it for you. It speaks on um, you know a merry heart, and you know. Um,
2: yeah, it says a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones.
3: Yes. And so we're, we really are feeling like led almost to the conclusion that a lot of kind of what we've been dealing with have been um, more or less like a reflection of the iniquities that have been left in our hearts. Okay. And I guess I I kind of, I'm probably all over the place, so excuse me.
2: That's all right. Just share Um, it out.
3: But... From what we're understanding is those iniquities can kind of leave doors um, for the enemy to attack open. Mm -hmm. And um, as we've been growing deeper in the word, we have definitely felt the attack physically, especially my husband. Um, And I'm not like, I'm not a professional, but I mean, I can definitely see that the the deeper we go, the stronger the uh, that his um, physical health uh, is declining or getting worse. Okay. And um, I guess I was wondering what you um, knew about deliverance of these spirits, um, and then also if you had any recommendations on some good reads about what ungodly, like, familiar, uh, like, soul ties pretty much, to family that maybe was unhealthy growing up. Okay. And then also...
2: That's okay. <laughs> um,
3: if you could help me, because as, as a wife and just as my husband probably would with me, um, you know, we're wanting to, of course, um, to minister to our unbelieving family or maybe those that believe but are have definitely led a different path. Um, as, um, I guess, what would be viewed as, you know, somebody who doesn't necessarily, like, live by that belief. Yes. Um, And how we can minister to them safely without, um, I guess, putting ourselves in a position of um, stumbling.
2: Okay, so let's talk about about a few things. Um, What author are you reading that gave you this information?
3: Um Well, no specific author okay. other than I've been uh, had some references in the Bible and then um, just some friends okay. that um, have I, have been through similar situations and they have recently come into our lives and um, definitely a blessing to have friends that pray for us like sure. this. Uh, okay, because because you used a couple <laughs> buzzword,
2: you used a couple phrases that wouldn't come from the Bible, and that's so they so we know they came from somewhere. And that's right. soul ties yeah. and deliverance from these spirits. What you're feeling right now is n- in no way a soul tie or in, in need of any deliverance. Okay. What you're yeah. what you're what's happening in your life right now is you're coming to a greater realization of God's will for your life. And through the sanctification process, God is narrowing your focus, right? Because you're, we're, we're going to switch, and we'll probably take this call to the other side of the break, okay? Because we only got a okay. few minutes. Sure. But, but what if we flip this around and we say, God has given you a greater realization of this one truth, and that's this, that you and your husband are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then yes. all these things will be added unto you. That's what's happening to you. So I don't believe biblically that you have any soul tie that needs to be broken, because okay. your born again experience with God broke all curses, ties, um, power of the devil in your life. It it freed you from your past, one hundred percent. It freed, okay. you best, uh, you pre- freed you from your past habits. You freed you from your past. Um, behavior, how you were dis- how you were trained by your parents, all the habits you developed—you are free. What what we don't experience right way right away though is positionally we've been freed, but practically we're learning how to live in the new freedom of God. Yes, and and so let me just give you a verse that came right to mind. Right to mind when I thought of because the deliverance and soul ties almost makes it sound hopeless. Like I don't have any control over this. This is because another familiar doctrine alongside of these is the generational curse. And because you were born in a certain family, and you're connected to certain people, everything was handed down to you, and you need to break the curse. But you don't need to break the curse, because you're the first generation of born-again believers, most likely, and Jesus has already taken that upon himself. You have broken the curse. It's already done. Amen. You don't carry that into your family. You don't carry it into your marriage. Uh, and here, here's the verse that I was thinking when you were talking. It's 1 John 4.4. 4. And it would be good to memorize this because I, I think of it all the time. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And yeah. God, God doesn't share us like he has all of us and the devil can't get to us except externally so any any demonic influence any anybody that I remember one time at work, this this witch lady I worked with found out I was saved, so she brought a voodoo doll in and started messing with me and pinning and 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 I messed with her because she was doing it. She was so mad, she hated my guts. We were arguing, we were coworkers. We were in this little office, and she was poking me. And then on one of the pokes, I timed it just right where I said "ouch," and it scared her. I said, I said, and then I said, you, "You're you know what you're doing has no effect on me because he who is in me is. You can build any doll that you want, but God is greater than your demon." witchcraft. And just being able to know by faith that God is your protector and your defender is is a powerful release, and it takes a lot of pressure off of you, um, because God has done the work already. Now, in the second half, when we come back after the break, I want to describe for you what you're probably dealing with, and then answer your last question, okay? Okay. So I'm going to put you back on hold, because we're coming up on the break.
0: All right, thank
2: you. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. So glad you chose to join us today. 303 690 303 Got a great show so far. Lines are full, so be patient when you're calling. And as soon as we come back from the break, we'll talk with Felicia and finish up on the conversation. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are uh, taking your calls and your questions. I was in the middle of an answer, so let me go right back to the phone lines And we're going to pick up, I think, Felicia's line one, right? Was it line one? Uh, Was it line one? Great. Felicia, welcome back.
3: Thank you. I wanted
2: to hit the right button here. So, so far (laughs) you're with me, right? I I don't take the approach, uh, biblically, that what you're facing right now is outside of your control or outside of God's control. Because soul ties, like, how can we control that? Like, we didn't control where we were born, the family we were born into. We didn't control, for me, I was adopted. So, you know, God arranged all kinds of things to put me into the family that he wanted me in. And like right. you, I, I didn't grow up in a perfect family. I don't have a perfect family, you know, my own kids. I, and, and so it's the, the breaking and the deliverance that you're looking for is already yours by faith. So then the question remains well, what, the, what am I dealing with then? Right. And what we're dealing with is called, in the Bible, it's called the flesh. And a good way to define the flesh is this phrase, this thought. Our old sinful habit patterns, they're very persistent. And some of our habit patterns are so common to us that we think it's the right decision to make. Right. But it's actually not from the Lord at all. It's just our natural reaction, and we kind of think we even make a we we even make excuses for it. Well, it's my natural reaction. That's how I am. That's how I was raised. I, I'm mm. a certain uh, nationality, and we're just like that. But
3: mm-hmm.
2: but we don't want. We, a true believer doesn't live in the natural. A true believer lives in the supernatural, and the supernatural response to our flesh is the presence of the holy spirit in our lives. Right. And he gives us, you know, part God gives us a, a list of insights of what to look for in Galatians chapter 6 of what the spirit looks like and what the flesh looks like. It's not exhaustive, but it's a good combination at the end of Galatians chapter 6 with so some, you know, he says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are things to look for because you know the spirit. Like for example, when someone's trying to steal you of your joy or your happiness, you have joy because of your trust in God. When there's chaos around right. you, you stand in calmness because you have the peace of God. When your natural response is just a boom and just go after someone, the Holy Spirit says, No, let it go. Um, be patient, wait it out. And you know, when when a situation uh, might naturally bring out harshness in us, the Holy Spirit inside of us causes us to act out kindly. And I've seen, I've seen this transformation in my own life, and, and so then what do we do with ministering to our family? And you know, I think that you, you establish your home, number one, like you guys are doing right now, you right. establish your home in the way that you desire to follow God. That's where it starts. Now, okay. do, you, do you have your baby in your hand right now? I do. Okay. So, One if hand. you were in my office, if you and your husband were in my office, I would take a piece of paper out and I would start drawing concentric circles for you. And to illustrate this, so I draw a little circle in the middle of the paper and I'd say that circle represents your family. Who's in that circle?
3: Myself, my husband and our kids.
2: Right. So, I kind of asked it as a trick question because actually in that first question in that first um uh, what's your baby's name? Uh, Lucy. Lucy, why are you a little upset? Your mom's talking on the radio right now.
3: <laughs> She's asleep crying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so if you had a circle there, I would say that that, that, that first initial circle, I kind of asked it as a trick question in your family because the family unit for you actually doesn't include Lucy. It's just you, your husband, and Jesus. Nobody okay. gets into that circle. That is the very sum and substance of your family. There is no family without your marriage. There, there's nothing else in your current relationship that's a, that that exists if, if that current relationship doesn't exist. You know, your marriage came before Lucy. Is that your only child, Lucy?
3: No, we have two others oh, and well, one on the way. Oh, well, <laughs>
2: there you go. So your your marriage came before the four kids. And, and so if I drew another circle around that, then, then your kids would be inserted there. And if I drew another circle around that, you would say, well, okay, who's next important in your family? That would be your in-laws, you know, your parents. Even though the Bible says that you're to leave your mother and father and cling to your husband, you still have a relationship with your parents and your in-laws, but they don't come before your kids, and they don't come before your husband. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Then you draw another circle and you could say my siblings and my, you know, my other close cousins and r- uncles and such. Then you draw another circle of oh, my close friends and my church friends and you can continue to draw those circles and say that is a a picture of your family unit and the whole the the whole goal is to disrupt that inner circle. Sometimes kids do that, right? They turn, I know I grew up doing that yep. to my parents. They, I would turn my parents against each other because as they argued about me, I got what I wanted. Um, sometimes it's in-laws. We've had experience with really volatile in-laws that interfere and get in the way and cause great strain. I've seen that more than one time. I've s- experienced it personally. I've seen it personally. Uh, and and, and, and I've seen friends where guys go, you know, I want to be married, but I want to live like a single. So they let their friends in that inner circle. And the thing is, is if if anyone can break that circle, then all the other relationships are broken, all of them, because everything comes from your marriage. Okay. And as you and your husband start to make decisions on how to raise your family, here's what's going to happen. Everyone's going to respond to those decisions. Because We're
3: definitely feeling that.
2: <laughs> because you're taking the lead as you are ordained and ordered by God to take the lead to live your life to please God. And I know that differs. You know, I'm, I'm looking, there's four of us in the studio right now. We probably all have made that same decision, but our homes look differently or our decisions look right. differently. And because God leaves room, there's no... there's no. Um, one way to live a life pleasing to God. He knows he created variety and he accepts variety in worship. And he gives us his word to guide us and to direct us. And anything that's not blatant sin uh, is is allowed to be prayed over and make a decision. But what you guys are dealing with is the response to decisions you're making that's disrupting other people's lives but actually making your life more stable.
3: Well, that all makes sense. Out of that, can I ask a question about how to handle? Sure. Um, you had made a post the other day, and I was able to explain to my kids what repentance means, and that it's not just saying you're sorry, but it's actually the the feelings that go along with it the the you know the guilt and the shame that you feel for making a wrong choice isn't isn't to be held onto, but it's meant to be felt.
2: Yes. At, and
3: and it's meant, you know, it's a it's a warning sign from God, like, to help us understand that we've made a wrong choice. Yes. And um, out of that, um, we, well, okay, I don't know how this is going to sound, but it's okay. um, a couple of months ago, we had some family. It would have been my in-laws. Okay. Um, we're out here. Actually, it was siblings. His siblings were out here. Okay. And there were just some things that had taken place in the home, in our home, as yes. they visited that I, I knew that we both were not okay with, okay. but he didn't feel like he could say something at the time. And so I said something after probably spending about a day and just keeping my, like, asking God to take, you know, take my emotions and give me back what I need to be able to process this and whether or not it's something I need to speak on. Okay. And I more or less um, laid, you know, laid our boundaries out and what they were and why um, going forward um, that we expect certain things either to be done or not done in our home. And that was not taken very seriously lightly um as as you know but it was also um it caused a lot of disruption a lot of a lot of uh what is the word like really hot-headed yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. and um you know a lot of pretty not nice things were sent my way and i chose not to read anything more than what i could see on my screen as i received it okay um, because I didn't feel like it served any purpose Yes. Uh, to me. It wasn't going to do anything good for me. And I, by the grace of God, have an understanding of where, you know, when people are hurt, they're going to hurt and yes. likely attack. Um, however, there seems to be um, like a not say anything, not say anything, not say anything, and then... They want to all get together to do something, and like, like almost like nothing had ever happened. Right. And I'm not exactly sure how to handle that because, for my past alone, I have triggers of You know, from abuse that like I'm very aware of, and I, and I try giving them to God before I let them control me because I realize that they are not them. Um, but. I also don't want to be passive and I don't want to enable certain behaviors.
2: So knowing this is a radio show and we won't have time to really dig deep into this. Here's some thoughts, some high level thoughts. Okay. Number one, you and your husband need to do this together next time uh, and not have you do it yourself. And that's a goal of you and your husband to be able to unite how to handle this in the future. Yeah. Number one. Number two, you, and this is going to be hard and counterintuitive to you. So to your flesh, it will be counterintuitive. To your spirit, it will make absolute sense. What your brother-in-law or your family-in-law has done has given you an opportunity to forgive them. And that's what God requires of you, to forgive them forgiveness doesn't require repentance on the other part of on the other party forgiveness right. is something that we do that we choose to do and sometimes it's communicated to the other person because there's a, a line of communication and sometimes we have to wait because the the part that's most disturbing to you is what you lead, led with and that is that how do i reconcile with them if they don't acknowledge they did anything wrong
3: right i feel like it'd be weird to be like i I forgive you, but like nothing's even been said. Well, for, I mean?
2: forgiveness releases you. Repentance brings the relationship back together, and so you want okay. to be released from this. This is this is where this is where you know that that thought of soul tie and how you feel tied to someone is actually broken through forgiveness. Like you, when you feel like this, you can't stop thinking about this person, you can't stop rehearsing it in your mind, you can't believe it happened. I wonder what those other things said because what I read was all of that stuff is released where I say, you know, I have been forgiven much by Jesus and I'm going to forgive you. And then you and your husband start to decide of how you're going to have future relationships because you can't, Well, and, and I guess, let me back up a little bit. If these guys are unbelievers, then you got to understand that's what you're going to get from an unbeliever.
3: Right, right.
2: And it doesn't mean you need to submit to abuse. I'm not suggesting that at all, but it, there is a sense where you know you're dealing with unbelievers, and so you got to learn to just let it roll off your back. That's what they're going to say. They're trying to control and trying to get their way, and you know, like, I just see right through you. Um and i'm not going to let it affect me and i'm not i and and so when it comes to doing something together that's why i think you and your husband have to be together and have to make this decision together because whether you decide to, to go to this event or not is not as important as if you and your husband agree on whether you decide to go to this event or not that is absolutely 100% the most important part of this um, practical conversation and the spiritual part is you can't you you can't hold on to this, right? And it is possible to forgive without repentance. It's just impossible to have reconciliation without a repentance.
3: Right, that makes complete sense.
2: <laughs> and and what and I guess the bigger picture that I'm hearing in your in all that we've talked about is that God is standing you and your husband upright, and you're taking. The lead in how to relate to your family, so you don't have to react all the time. You're taking the lead, and in, you know in your house it is okay to have house rules, and it is okay to expect people to abide by your house rules. And it's not unusual for someone to go, "I, I love you. You're my family. Is my house, and I'm going to act however I want," <laughs> and and have to deal with that. So the things that you're facing isn't even isn't even unusual. But it's also, for the believer, it's extremely spiritual. There's, right, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the evil works of darkness and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and so that you've got all that going. But you and your husband need to really pray and talk through because you guys are doing this as one. It's not you. It's right. you guys are doing it as one, and that's how you have to go forward with all of these decisions in the future. And if you and your husband aren't willing to do it together, then you should wait to do it until you can do it together because he's your covering. And, and, may, and I don't know, so we don't need to go into it, but maybe your husband's delay was actually a good idea and you could have waited for your husband. Or it was a bad idea and you jumped the gun instead of waiting for your husband to agree with you or you know you can see the different options it's more than just a few options right you can see and that's why you guys need to be together because when it's all said and done and the whole world's operating around us that's you and your husband and your kids that's the family that god has started and that's who you live with yes (laughs) and it's so complicated and difficult and it's so hard as we're navigating through these things but i know that over time it's it's like you know sometimes you're like well i'm waiting for for them to be repentant and then they'll go well how do you know when they'll be repentant oh it will be obvious it will it, you won't have to guess it will be obvious yeah. um, and do we have to cut ties and depending on what this situation was do we have to avoid the next gathering no, we don't necessarily have to avoid the next gathering. We might be able to go to the next gathering, gathering, enjoy it while we're waiting for repentance. Do we have to stop? Do we have to avoid a gathering? Maybe in the future. Maybe you do. I mean, it's either either option could be from the Lord. But sometimes we get so ingrained in our hurt and our pain, we go, "Well, I don't want anything to do with that." And we're like, well, no, you can still go and enjoy an outing. And Well, but he hasn't apologized yet. Yeah, but you already released him, so you're not holding it against him. And you're praying for God to get his heart. You're praying for him to be saved. You're praying like you're learning a whole new world that it's going to take time to learn, and you're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. That's normal. Oh,
3: sorry, this is a lot. <laughs> it is a
2: lot. I agree. <laughs> it is
3: a taken. <laughs>
2: but it, and it, and it's 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 like okay so a lot conversation like this we're like okay lord i heard a lot right now i'm listening what's the one or what's the one thing you want to come to the top what's the one thing like um, the bible speaks of a rhema word and that, spe- that that that's like a word that's spoken in due season it's like the word you needed to hear and that whatever it was in our conversation that god gave you hold on to that and set everything else aside until god gives clarity and, you, and there, it's like your, your life is like building blocks, and it's one brick at a time. You don't have to build the whole house overnight. It's just one right. brick at a time, and so the things you wanna see changed, you you pour into your children, and you teach your children love, care, concern. You don't use, don't be like uncle so-and-so, don't be like aunt so, Don't we don't do that, but instead we use the scriptures, and we allow God to show our children from the Bible, and from the wisdom that God imparts to us, just like you said like a merry heart helps it's like medicine if i'm bummed out all the time i'm sick i'm and i'm sick of it and and you are able to but but i think and and again this will be something you could talk i think what i heard the way you described it is that there there's a wedge between you and your husband and that's got to be dealt with right away And if there's More not words, a wedge, yeah. then, then when he gets home or when he's there right now listening to me, just celebrate with him. Thank God we got through this difficult without a wedge. Let's pray together on how we can speak to your, to this, to your sibling uh, in, uh, together because I need your help. When minist- when I need your help. This is our family. And we need to do the, we need to do these things together. And maybe he'll communicate. I never wanted you to do that. I was planning on doing it later. You know how marriage conversations are, and even marriage arguments are. But you guys need to yeah. talk it out so you know you're on the same page.
3: Oh, I think that um, that's exactly where our wedge was, and it was just how do we do that together? Like, because I mean, he's ministering by himself to them, but like, how do we, how do we have these conversations with them
2: together? Are you asking that like as a question? Nope. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean, all you guys have to do is be together and change your language and and just use yeah. language like we, 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 not my wife feels this and just we, if, if you continue, you guys use that word, we, uh, and we want to honor God and we want to. <laughs> Uh, We want this kind of language around our kids. And we want, as long as you guys are using we and you're together, or even when you're not together, but it's best to be together in this situation. And just use language that's reflecting the unity that you entered into, that they were probably at your wedding, and they saw you share vows. And what that really means is we become one in Christ. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua said.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and not everybody's going to like it, and not everybody has to like it. It's your unique family. No one family's alike. and nobody, It's okay to be good family members and still not agree on every single thing.
3: Right. <laughs> I'm trying not to completely lose it over here. <laughs> okay, let
2: me pray for you. Father, I pray over this conversation because I, I know it's, it's not... Uh, just for this time today, but it's the building blocks of Felicia's life. And I know many people listening in have similar difficulties that some parts are under their control and some parts aren't. And they're very torn about the things that are not under their control. And you're bringing us back to a simplicity of our relationship with you, Lord, as painful as it might be and as challenging it might be, that we to focus on you and the things that we can control, and the things that are closest to us, like our husband, like our children, like our wives, that we would focus on that family unit that you created. It's the building block of society. And as we focus on that and we obey you, you said. And so we are walking in your obedi- um, your truth. If we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. So everything that we need, you'll give to us by faith. So I pray for my sister as she processes, and those listening in uh, near and far as they process the heaviness of this conversation, that you would give them wisdom and insight to chew uh, those pieces that they need right now and save those pieces that will be used later in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. So email
2: me, Felicia. I want to send you a packet wow. that some of the wisdom that I share with you uh, on forgiveness it's one of the most uh, powerful and simple teachings on forgiveness that I've ever seen, and we use it uh, a lot here at Calvary.
3: All right, I will do that. You have my email? Actually, I do. Okay, <laughs> my fantastic. comes to email you all. <laughs>
2: okay, send it off.
3: All right, thank you so much. Uh, God bless.
2: You're welcome. Bye-bye. Right. And so, uh, friends, that's the will of God for our program today. Uh, the will of God for our program today, especially as we enter into the holidays— is that simple teaching that I shared right now on on family. And there is a piece of this where, um, as I was listening to Felicia, uh, that I know that you you are under no obligation to submit to any kind of abusive treatment. That is not God's will for your life. And so when it comes to abuse, uh, you do not need to submit to that. Uh, You also don't need to define yourself by it. Uh, it doesn't need to become your um, uh, you know, your new identity. Your identity is always in Christ, and God can heal you and heal your broken heart, and He can heal the breaks that came through the abuse, and so stay close to Him and trust Him and abide in Him. And I know uh, the holidays bring up a, a lot of pain and a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, and As we're carefully walking in unity with the Lord, these things get revealed, and then we can come back to him for the wisdom from the Scriptures and learn how to release. And without repentance, it does make things hard. And you can try, and you can try, and eventually the Lord's just... like I I was thinking of this Scripture. Um, uh, This is a a powerful Scripture um, that Jesus... um, Taught us in John chapter 2. Now, of course, we can't do it like Jesus did because we don't have all knowledge, but people can reveal their hearts through a series of bad decisions and they can just, you know, club you, club you, club you, and you're like, okay. And Jesus said this, check this out. I don't know if you've ever noticed this in John chapter 2, verse 24, but it says, But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And sometimes we find ourselves where, you know, But Jesus didn't, and in the New Living Translation, it says Jesus didn't trust them because he knew what people were really like. And there are those that have revealed themselves in ways where you just have to wait it out. And change will be evident. It it will be evident. It doesn't have to be everything that you wanted, it doesn't have to be everything, well, you know, they'll be a complete different person. They're probably not going to be a complete different person. But even the most difficult situations can be met with true repentance, and true repentance doesn't sound like "I'm sorry," sort of, kind of. That you feel this way, that I did this, but you really responded wrong, and I hope you. I hope you'll just accept that. You know, you shouldn't have taken it that way. <laughs> like seriously, they. You can't have a relationship with a person like that. Or, you know, I. I like how. Um, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll describe it as, you know, people punching in the jaw, punching in the jaw, punching in the jaw. You might want to step back a couple feet and don't let them punch you in the jaw anymore. It doesn't mean you completely pull away, but without repentance, you're not going to get close. And, you know, people just deny, you know, they live in denial. And so just be the person that doesn't live in denial. Be the person that walks by faith. Be the person that walks in agape love. Be the person that that is quick to forgive. Be the person that is uh, filled with the joy of the Lord. Be the person that trusts God at his word. Be it the person that is reaching out and ministering. Don't be so caught up in even the difficulties of your family where you can reach out to people that aren't difficult and that you know the squeaky wheel gets all of the attention and then people around you that love you and care for you get no attention. So you want to be really careful about that and allow the Holy Spirit to to really minister to you and encourage you and strengthen you and help you and uh, pour out an amazing work of His Spirit in your life and just knowing that and He is faithful. So tonight, um, tonight we're going to be here at Calvary Church. Uh, I know you guys that were on hold didn't get on the air, but next time, keep trying. Um, we'll get you back on the air. Um, but. We're going to be doing our, I believe it's our ninth annual um, Thanksgiving banner of Thanksgiving service where even if you don't have a banner, we'll have paper in the foyer and some markers and things that you can make your own banner and then march with us through the sanctuary and be excited about what the Lord is doing and what he wants to do and how he wants to, to flood our souls with thanksgiving so come on out we open at 7 we actually doors open at 6 come early for resurrection coffee downstairs you can come early and make a banner with the the supplies we have for you go to calvaryco.church for more information on how to get here calvaryco we're at hampton and tower basically across from uh, the safeway and uh, the movie tavern god bless you guys happy thanksgiving